My next guests on Late Lunch this afternoon are a local couple. And when I say they've had a hell of a year, you're going to hear now what I mean by a hell of a year. We've met Shane Kelly on the show before. And in fact, we met his daughter, Maisie, as well, because she was in here when she got her hair cut for charity. I'll never forget that day as well, Shane. And today he's joined by his wife, Susanna. You're both very welcome to the show. Hi, Jerry. Thank, Thank you very, you much. very much for joining me. I always remember that day. She came in, a lovely hair, Shane. Yes. Remember we were bemoaning, yeah. oh, this poor girl, she what's going to happen mm-hmm. to there. Anyway, she did it and well done to her. Great to see you both. And I have to say, you're looking really well, the pair of you. But Shane <laughs> Kelly. Yes, <laughs> Shane Kelly. Well, 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 take me yeah. back. You're a young man. What happened to you? Um, so what happened was in April last year, it seems like a long time ago now, um, I had a stroke. So one Sunday morning, no symptoms, no, nothing, nothing to indicate that anything was wrong. And... Um, I, I was at home getting ready to go into town and I, I collapsed, kind of woke up lying on the bed and um, I could see my my left my left hand was on my left leg as I was lying in the bed, but I didn't recognise it. I, I thought it was somebody else's hand on, on my leg and then I didn't recognise the leg and then I realised I was paralysed and I kind of thought, I have to get out of this, I have to get up. So I got up out of the bed and I don't know how I managed to do it, but I went downstairs and... I instinctively knew I was having a stroke and I don't know why I knew that, but I just knew what was happening. I, mean, I, I know the symptoms and I got down to Susanne and Susanne is a nurse. So at that stage, I was losing my speech as well. So I just managed to be able to say to her, you know, call an ambulance, I'm having a stroke. So Susanne was, I suppose, bewildered and shocked and, you know, set, set about taking my blood pressure and acting in a very professional nursing manner and looking after me and call the, the, uh, uh, the ambulance and... And it all started, so... And did you know, did you know, Suzanne, were you aware, I know Shane said mm. it to you, did you see straight away, being a nurse, that this was, he was correct? Yeah, no, I did, uh, I did actually uh, see as well, and as Shane was saying, that his, his speech was, uh, he didn't speak with his normal voice, and even the facial expression, he wasn't having any expression in his face uh, at all, um, and the weakness then, again, on the left-hand side, so I suppose it just, um, <laughs> my nursing role just kicked in, mm. and I, I, I was calling an ambulance first and then sending our son over to um, our uh, in-laws next door to come over and give us a hand and yeah and off it goes on this unbelievable journey you then take how long were you hospitalised for? altogether four months so I spent a month in in the Lourdes the stroke unit there which they are fantastic and amazing and need more funding might I add Um, (laughs) then I was um moved to Louth Hospital in Dundalk. They have a, a stroke unit That's there. That's a specialised unit yes, there as well. Yeah, and then after that I was moved to the National Rehabilitation Hospital in Dunleary. Okay. Well, you actually had a second stroke yeah. as well and had to do the whole loop <laughs> once again. <laughs> yeah, in the meantime, yeah. after about a month in, in, uh, in Dundalk, I was leaving, I was getting out and I was so happy to get out because I was so fed up of hospitals at that stage, but it was my son's uh, first communion mm. and uh, I was determined to go home for it, but I was getting ready and I bent over to pick something up and everything went black and I thought I just, my blood pressure dropped or something. So I sat down and waited a moment and then everything came back. I could see with my left eye and then I noticed I couldn't see it my right eye and I kind of thought that's unusual, but I went home anyway. So uh, stupidly and uh, went home and got home and it didn't clear up in the car on the way home. And uh, I, when I got home, I told Susanne, I think there's something wrong. I can't see with my right eye. 
And of course, Selman, oh my God, right, okay. So called the hospital and they sent an ambulance back in again. And then we realised I had had a second stroke. And what that second stroke was, was what's called an eye stroke. So what happened that time was the clot went into my optic nerve. And that's why I went blind. So I'm blind now in my right eye. So that's kind of one of the things. So I you have on. no sight at all in the right eye no, now? No, no, nothing. So and anything else? Anything? Are you left with anything else? You, no, you've no paralysis. Um, the paralysis went almost immediately, so mm. I was really lucky at that. But um, I have a slight numbness in my left side mm. after being the paralysis, mm. but that comes back, you know, and it's okay. Well, I have to say, you're looking hale and hearty today in here, and the shame that I've known over the years as yeah. well. You've made an amazing recovery. I take it now you're well monitored and you have oh, yeah. regular medication and mm. they keep a good eye on you. Oh yeah, all of that and. Dr. Mulroy in, in the Lourdes and his team were absolutely fantastic and um, Magella and Blohin, the, the therapists in the Laird Hospital and all the nurses and my, my GP, Conor McMahon. It's just, I have, at least I feel like I'm at the Oscars saying thank you to everybody. <laughs> but they've all helped me so much. It's just, you, you don't realise just how many people it, keeps, yes. it takes to keep you safe and, and yeah, healthy. Yeah. And they do an amazing job. So, and something I just need to say that I'm part of at the moment is as a pilot group. It's a stroke group uh, for people who've had strokes. And, and we, we meet in RD, in the library in RD, and it's funded by the HSC and the Lurds Stroke Unit uh, for people once they get out of hospital so they can have, because you can have a lot of other issues mm. after you leave. Mm. Once the, the initial emergency is over and you're, you're survived, then, you know, you've got other problems. So if you, if, you're, if you are left with paralysis, you have to figure out how to live with that and that kind of thing. Yes. I'm one of the lucky ones. I don't have any of that. So... It's amazing. It's, so they're doing a great job. Yeah, I wish I had a gong to give you today. Mm. I think it is ever. And I better g- have one for your <laughs> your wife as well, Suzanne, because you've been through your own journey. Yeah, when Shane had his stroke, uh, I was between chemotherapy and starting my radiation um, because I had breast cancer that year and was treated then after my uh, mastectomy. So I think we were all very absorbed in my sickness when Shane had his first stroke and I had to say luckily it was very well timed because I had just finished my chemo and I had literally two weeks off that I could spend with Shane in the hospital uh, every day and just you know make sure that he was okay Mm. Uh, if it had happened any other time I would have been floored as well Um, so yeah so there was some fortune within. The it was, <laughs> yeah. The timing was, I suppose, good at least. <laughs> and for you, it's it's important to say this. Um, your mum had breast cancer. She did, and she was fairly young. She was around sixty, I think. Well, I consider that young. Yes, of course. Yeah, and because I'm a nurse and I want to be proactive, I just wanted to kind of be in the books, and I just wanted to get checked. You but had no symptoms. I had no lumps. Uh, I had a clear, um, uh, clear. Um, uh, you know, when they checked me, I was all clear. Uh, the mammogram was clear, um, and they just just because of my history, they did an ultrasound and they saw that something wasn't hundred percent. And in the end, when they actually uh, did the mastectomy, it was three tumours. So um, again, that's kind of lucky. Yes, <laughs> yes, uh, not good luck on one side, but but very very yeah. good that that was picked up Absolutely. and that you went and had it checked. Yeah. I would encourage all women to be proactive yes, yeah. in this because if it's caught early, you have really good chances of, of getting cured and it's fantastic treatments out there now. Um, but if you wait, you know, there might be a different story. So mm. definitely go and get yourself checked if you have Absolutely. any worries whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Now, I want to come back to this man because 
he's going through all he's gone through. But there's no stopping Shane. No. There really isn't. <laughs> Not when it comes to the business music. Because here he goes. He starts writing songs, making albums, getting a group together and you're still in your hospital bed. Yes. Yeah. I was so determined because I had spent almost two years recording an album and you know, we recorded it in Ireland and it was, we were working on the, the mixing phase of the album, getting it finished with our producer in New York, Brian Sperber. And I'm lying in the hospital in the Lourdes and I was so annoyed with myself for having a stroke. Now, it's not my fault I had it, but I was, you know, it was bloody inconvenient. And, and I just couldn't handle the idea of being stuck in a hospital and becoming institutionalised. And I just felt that my whole, all my plans had just been ripped away from me and all of a sudden I was in no control of my own life. And I thought, um, I can't do that, so... I decided that I'd continue mixing the album from hospital. I could do it via Skype. So we did it via Skype and we got it done. That uh, Much to the bemusement of my producer. <laughs> I'm here scratching my head about this. There's no doubt. Nothing stops him, I, I know for sure. The, the guy who produced the album is well known. He's worked with a few big wigs. He has, yeah. He's worked at Madonna and um, Feeder and some big American rock bands. How, how do you pick up a guy like that, working with a guy like that? What's the connection? Um, I he I had an album I had a band previous to this one and he worked on that album and basically what I did was at that stage I had demoed my album and I managed to get his address and I sent him the demo and I said look we're doing this can would you help us and he liked it and he just said yeah okay and then he got involved so because he'd worked on that album with me he was wanted to work with on this one mm. so we said let's get it right this time Life is for living, Shane, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, grab it and go. You, know. <laughs> you are the uh, you are you are the one that epitomises that. There, there are many do, but you certainly do from what you've done, and it hasn't held you back in one bit. Do you yeah. think about what happened to you? You know, mm. and how dangerous a situation you were in, both of you. Yeah, I did. When I was in hospital, so much was happening. I didn't have time to think about it. But after I got out of hospital, after the four months, and I got home, it's back to normal it kind of struck me just what had happened and you know how serious it was and how danger- dangerous it was yeah. and I think at that stage I went into shock mm. I could really feel the anxiety and I was like and as somebody who works with anxiety and understands it um, I still wasn't immune to it happening to me so it was, it was kind of like having post-traumatic stress it just hit me mm. once I was out of the hospital scenario and I could feel it and um, I was just blown away by what had happened I know that Susanne had told me afterwards that on the night that I had the stroke that the doctors had warned her and my parents that I might not have the same personality and that I might be different and this kind of thing now luckily none of that happened but that was there and I can't imagine what it was like for them to to worry about that yes Mm. but look you've come through it and you are a psychotherapist so you probably had to have a chat with yourself did you (laughs) yes talk to yourself it's always a good thing Uh, well obviously you know what I mean that was the situation you found yourself but you're beyond that now and you you moved on and I am and life goes on and you keep going and you know and anyone else that's in a similar situation that I've been in you know really you know grab life and go for it you can you can make a recovery and get things back to normal you know there I mean obviously like for instance I'm blind in one eye and that is a constant reminder to me. And my biggest fear when that happened was that I wouldn't be able to drive. Mm. I was terrified of that and how that might change my life. But then I found out from talking to the doctors and the ophthalmologists and everybody, half the country's driving with one eye. And I thought, brilliant. I didn't know that. That is so true. And I said, it's not a problem. So these things don't hold you back. So No. I bet you Suzanne sharper in that one eye now than he ever was <laughs> before. And like, a good left eye. Okay, indeed, and he has. But look, you hear what he says there and, and, and you had your own trials and, and tribulations. Did you think, 
what the hell have we done? Yeah, I guess I kind of just put whatever I was going through in the back seat when everything happened to Shane. Um, I was literally going between St. Louis down in Beaumont, uh, radiation, and then up to Shane and then collect the kids and then back up to Shane again. It was was a mad time. But I think, as Shane said, the shock kind of came afterwards, actually when Shane had his six-month check and he was getting better. And he was getting good news that, you know, you're getting better, you're getting your sensation back to your, your hands and everything was on the right track again. That's when my tiredness, oh, it just struck me and I was exhausted mm. beyond anything. Um, and how, how, how are you today? How are you feeling? It, today, I'm great, Jerry. Um, I'm back to work and I'm absolutely loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I You're think a community nurse. I am a community nurse, yeah. I use uh, work as a clinical nurse assessor out in home care, uh, putting up the care packages, you know, for, for people at home. Yes. And um, I love my job. I love nursing. Um, and it's great to be back. And I think, I think Shane probably agrees as well. When you've gone through something like this, um, I know it sounds like a cliche, but it is true. You just appreciate appreciate life so much more. Mm. Um, and even just being with the kids and even a normal day is not a boring day anymore. A normal day is a good day. Mm. So, no, I'm absolutely, absolutely loving life. And it's fantastic to see the way Shane has recovered. Uh, I remember, I think, more um, around the stroke uh, than he um does and I remember after the stroke one of the first few things that he asked for was his guitar and you know to see him from sitting that day you know with his guitar and not being able to find the chords and you know not be able to get it right and and you know his determination I think this is really this focus he has had on his music has been great for his recovery Mm. and you know it's amazing to see that after all this he's so well and he's ready to you know um, release a single Take the world by storm we're going to finish out with the single I have it lined up here it's called Supernatural Pale Blue Moon is the name of the band name of the band and this is the debut single it's our debut single and our debut music video to follow with it so um, and I'm delighted to say that we got banned by Facebook um, (laughs) for being too scary so I felt very rock and roll when I was being banned by Facebook so I had to and that was only a trailer of the video it wasn't even the whole video so anyway we appealed it and and Facebook saw it better and they and they lifted the band do you know something all the great big hits the major (laughs) stars have been banned banned one way or the other by somebody Shane Oh yeah. so let's hear it listen a joy to meet you both today let's head and have a listen to this I wish you well I admire you so much you're fantastic thanks for coming in to share our story your story with us here it is Supernatural from Pale Blue Moon
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.